The San Diego Padres have been a nightmare. We all know this. They've been a clown show. That's why I'm still wearing the hat. But as All-Star stuff has just been announced, we are kind of reaching the halfway point of the season, which means we are nearing the MLB trade deadline. And the question is... Should the Padres be sellers? And if they are sellers, who should they sell? Who should they trade? To what team? Should they do it? What's going on? Is it really that bad? It's the weirdest kind of landscape-feeling vibe for a trade deadline this team has had in a while. We're going to talk about all of that and more here on today's episode, guys. So let's get to it. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, July 5th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my work over at Just Baseball. You could check that out, or you could check me out on Twitter, at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, which is, yeah, I know, with all the Twitter weirdness, maybe Twitter won't even exist soon. You never know. Uh, But you can still check me out there (laughs) if you would like. Um, You can absolutely do that, or at LO underscore Padres, where I tweet about the games and kind of live react to them and post a whole bunch of memes. You know what I mean? It's just what I do. Uh, for the most part. So that is what you can do, guys. Today's episode, on top of being, you know, you know, Lockdown Padres, first, you, you know, first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms. You guys know this. But on top of that, today's episode is brought to you by a very special sponsor that I'm excited about Swing for the Fences! Ladies and gentlemen, on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And today's podcast uh, is a fun one. And maybe you're, you know, you're relaxing from the holiday. You know, you're having a good time, but you decided, you know what? I need an easy podcast to listen to. Something that just gives me joy. Well, this podcast might not necessarily be for you because today we are talking about the Padres potentially being sellers at this year's deadline uh, and whether or not they should be sellers. And that's where we should start. Talked a lot on this show. I hate to repeat it. Least clutch team in baseball. And lately their bullpen has been pretty rough. I believe they have the 27th worst bullpen in baseball since the San Francisco uh, series. They're really worse uh, than basically any team I've seen in quite a long time. I compared them to the 2015 Nationals. Some people compare them to that 2019 Nationals team, which I think is a mistake because that team actually had depth and didn't have the giant level of expectations this one does. And clearly the expectations seem to be getting to the team. So the question is now, do they sell at the deadline? I will say it's been a while since I've seen a team this tricky. Um, again, I compared it to that 2015 Nationals team, a little bit similar, where they had all those guys, big-time superstars that they brought in, and all of them underperformed. Like, certainly, like, this is this is a little bit similar, but not to that that extent. I mean, the Nationals, yeah, they had some, some busts and whatnot. You could even bring up maybe even a little bit of the Cubs at one point. But this Padres team, all they really need is an excuse to try and go for it at the deadline. That's really all they need, and the Padres refuse to provide that excuse. Some people might think that's a good thing, 
But sitting at a 38 and 46 record where you're closer to the Rockies than you are to first place, um, where you're closer to the Rockies than to the Giants at this point. Yeah, that's crazy. You're behind the Giants and Dodgers and Cardinals or and not Cardinals. Um, I always do that. Uh, Diamondbacks. Got my football Arizona's mixed up, you know. Philadelphia Phillies are still up there. I think the Mets are better, even though they've been just as equally disappointing. You know, the Brewers, the Pirates just swept us. Like, it's going to take a lot for you to make the playoffs. And currently, they are, I'm going to bring up exactly where they are right now. They are, let's see here, how many games back are they? They are eight games back of a wild card spot. The current wild, wild card standings are Miami, the Dodgers, and the Giants. Then the Brewers are ahead, the Phillies are ahead, the Pirates are ahead, and the Cubs are ahead. So again, it can't be much worse. There's only four teams with lower odds than the Padres to make that wildcard spot. And maybe you could say, oh, well, the Marlins. The Marlins are the obvious team to kind of predict. And then Giants being second and then Dodgers being third in terms of teams that you can count on getting worse. But the Marlins have a Team of Destiny vibe that can't really be tracked by stats with Arise being so good, with the fact that they've been so good despite their Cy Young pitcher being poor. They have clutch hitting. Jorge Soler has bounced back in a big way for them. They're getting contributions from a lot of people. Brian De La Cruz. It does feel like a Team of Destiny. I don't know if that means that they're going to be get better like next year and whatnot, as I talked about with Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants, where like, you know, clutch stats is... Totally fine to judge for a singular season, but not necessarily something that translates to the year after, as we might be seeing with this Padres team, right? Um, you know, because last year, despite having not nearly enough offensive power with, you know, Machado and Kim and Cronenworth to an extent, being able to hit when it counted uh, is what helped that team a lot. Um, currently, they have an 18.7% chance, um, it is believed, to make the playoffs. Um, I really, again, the Padres are looking for anything. I have no doubt in my mind that AJ Preller and company currently at the moment are like, let's let's go for it. Like, we're going to go for it because we have to. We're in a position where Juan Soto is only on the books for one more year. Josh Hader is going to be a free agent. Blake Snell is going to be a free agent. More on them in a little bit. That both of those teams, or I'm sorry, both of those guys, you don't have, you know, the Soto thing figured out. You have Tatis, Manny, and Tatis. Hold on. Tatis, Manny, and Xander all on the books for so long. You have Darvish until he's 40. You have Musgrove extended. You have Cronenworth extended. It's not the team that usually in a normal world is one that's supposed to be rebuilding. Uh, but that's what we have here, right? And if this was a team that just had Machado and Tatis getting paid a lot and then it was just kind of free across the board... That'd be a different situation. There's so many different variables to what would decide whether or not it makes sense for the Padres to be sellers. But I do really think that that 18.7% kind of tells the story, and it says that they should be um, sellers at the deadline. They should. Um, that's that's kind of where I'm standing, because if, if the Phillies, who haven't even been playing all that well, have better odds, the Brewers, who will likely sell at the deadline, and you're still worse than them, the Pirates and the Cubs, like, you're in pretty bad shape. Again, though, I have no doubt that this franchise and this management is going to be waiting until, like, the week of before deciding this, which every team does. But I'm just saying, if they get hot, if they win 10 of their next 11, whatever, I don't know exactly how many games they'll be playing until the, the deadline exactly, but say if they won, like, 11 of their next 14 or something like that, it's totally possible that the Padres team and Brass, they decide, never mind, we're going for it. And if that's the case, that's a totally different podcast. Um... I don't think that that would be a good thing because I just don't see it. I don't see anything changing 
This team is in total disarray. You can see it on Xander Bogarts's face. So the question is, should they sell? And I think that they should, based on where their current standing is, based on the fact that I think that Miami is somewhat legit. I think the Dodgers are legit. I think the Giants are legit. And the Giants are likely going to be buying instead of selling, which is what so many people predicted that they would be doing. And that that's why they acquired guys like Conforto and guys like Manaya. And in fact, it's like, no, actually, they're trying to they're trying to compete and they're going to be competitive. So that's where we're at right now. Again, uh, there's a lot of variables to it. And if they do get hot, they are probably going to still try going for it. So keep that in the back of your mind as the team um, kind of goes for the rest of these uh, this month until that August deadline. So we'll see how that all goes, folks. But before we talk about some of the specific players that could be on the move and whether they sh- what teams they could maybe trade them to that I think might make sense, got to take a break to talk to you about what I just talked to you at the top of the show about. Sleeper. It's a great app. Let me tell you guys. Sleeper is a fantasy sports plus real money gambling app slash gaming app, whichever terminology you prefer, focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users in 2022 while earning some of the highest levels of engagement per user in the industry. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Man. Let me tell you guys, it's really, really cool. Sleeper Picks is our real money product that connects friends over picks. Choose two of your eight favorite players from pregame, live, or even across different sports and pick higher or lower than the predicted stats. Only on Sleeper can you get up to 100 times payouts. That's that's pretty that's pretty rad. Share with your friends and get rewarded together. It's really cool, guys. Um, let me tell you, it's really cool. Uh, check it out. You know, tonight, you know, maybe I want to pick, you know, Maybe I want to pick Tatis to go yard. You know, big city, big matchup with big stars. I could do that, man. I think I might do that. And I am absolutely going to predict that this starter for the Angels, um, or at least by the time I'm recording this, it already happened, but that starter for the Angels on Monday's game, oh, I'm predicting that he's going to get more than like six Ks for sure. For sure. I know how this Padres team does against new pitchers uh, that shouldn't be doing all that well against them. So check that out, guys, for sure. And also check out their just general fantasy sports thing because i love using their league i'm trying to get my longtime league uh members to switch over to sleeper this year um seriously i can't wait it is so cool you get like little mascot guys that like punch the other your opponent's mascot like if you're winning it's really really cool and they all these different features to like the history of the player in fantasy how many points they've gotten all sorts of really cool stuff you can even change your team photo which i appreciate a lot as someone who is a big meme lord um so go check that out guys sleeper.com Slash locked on. And we're back, everybody, here on the Locked On Padres podcast discussing the end of the San Diego Padres 2023 hopes and dreams. Remember, of course, as always, free and available on all platforms. Thank you for making us your first listen. Let's do it. Let's ride. All right. So I think that as of right now, the top players that could be on the move or at least the ones that just make sense and hold a lot of value obviously they'd love to get rid of a carpenter or a nelson cruz or a you know luis garcia but nobody really wants those guys right now i'm not going to do the thing or i start pretending like yankees fans where it's like hey clint frazier miguel and duhar or what about donaldson what can he get us nothing that's the answer to that the players that make the most sense to be moved i think mostly are pitchers there's three main pitchers it's josh Hader. It's Blake Snell, and it's Michael Waka. Josh Hader, 
We have seen before that teams are absolutely down, teams that are big-time contenders, to trade a good amount of capital for a closer. Right? It happens all the time. You want to go back to when the Padres did in 2020 when they traded some decent, you know, some some ammo, I guess, for Trevor Rosenthal. And guess what? He was great. I think that teams are comfortable with trading for relievers sometimes because if they're hot that year, they're going to stay hot that year. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, oh, wait, this guy is awesome this year, whoever it is. Uh, like, say, or all this Chapman. He already got traded. The Rangers scooped him up, you know? Um, for better or worse, they decided, you know, there's going to be always a run on relievers and they want to get ahead of the curve. So that's what they did. And Josh Hader is the best reliever on the market. He's in the All-Star game, one of the Padres, two All-Star representatives. And he's going to have a whole lot of value. He's been good for a long time. He strikes out guys and some top level teams that would make sense, you know, could be in the National League. I think a team like Philadelphia could potentially use him. If the Mets, for some reason, got hot, I'm sure they would love him. Um, you know, maybe Miami, if they're not feeling great about some of their bullpen guys keeping up the way they've been p- pitching this year, that could be a team. And they have a whole lot of, like, pitching depth. You know, they have a decent farm system to go with it. Maybe they can go over and send them there. I don't know. It could totally work. Um, if you want to go another route, like, maybe you can send them to, you know, I don't know. Nah, not Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't make sense, but... Those are just some teams. Maybe the Reds, if the Reds really start getting hot, you know, I talked about this with Jeff Carr, but maybe their bullpen was performing a little bit above expectations for the first half, sort of. But if they keep winning at this rate, and if they keep winning and leading their division, they might say, yeah, let's let's, let's try and make the playoffs. It's been a while, you know what I mean, for our team. I don't remember the last time the Reds even made the playoffs. So maybe they might be thinking that, and they're going to pay for... for um, for Josh Hader. Totally possible, even if a little bit unlikely. Maybe the Braves. Braves bullpen has been a little bit weird at points this year, right? Totally could make sense. Um, I would love it, for one, because I think that the Braves have a lot of interesting prospects always, and I will take anything from them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, genuinely, I just think that that's, that's just how we're, what we're looking at, right? So those are just some teams that I think could make sense. Um, for Josh Hader, but really every team in the sport makes sense. Can never have enough shutdown relievers. The Yankees always love having shutdown relievers, even if they are literally number one in ERA amongst relievers right now. Same thing for Braves. Uh, they're number three. Teams always want more relievers. But I do think, you know, the Angels can make sense. We're playing them right now. Maybe he's going to do really well against them and they're going to want him. I think Toronto can make a lot of sense too. I think Toronto is a potential trade partner in a lot of ways. Not just for Josh Hader, but also, also, for starting pitching. And the starting pitchers that the Padres have are very highly valued commodities, and that is Blake Snell and Michael Waka. Snell does not have another year of control. That is the thing that would limit him and what you could get back. But even still, Blake Snell on the year has been so unbelievably good. With his 3.21 ERA, he's not getting super lucky. He's striking out 31.5% of batters, walking 11.6, but, but, is an important it is important to note that he has finally done the thing where he's gotten super hot lately. You know, so over his last six starts, hold on. I'm sorry, over his last seven starts, he's rocking a 0.86 ERA with a 1.98 FIP, X FIP of 2.23, and he's striking out, get this, 41.3% of batters, and his walk rate has gone down a little bit at 9.4%. That's among some of the best swinging myth stuff in the sport. So for the top-level teams that are going for it, I could see it. I mentioned Toronto before. 
Toronto makes sense. Toronto might be a team that decides, you know what? Jose Barrios has been really bad for us. He's been a total miss. Let's go and bring in some guy who's going to come in, and he's been good against this division before, certainly, as he literally won a Cy Young before, right? Maybe that's the guy we want to go for. I could totally see it. I really could. I know that's only half a season, but I still think that you could get something pretty nasty out of Snell because he's just been a beast, and I think people want to ride a hot hand. And again, the Padres could potentially be one of the, like, like, the market could run through them. That's the one thing that they might have this year is a little bit of leverage, I think. Right? Because um, the Giants, I think, were the team that everyone was expecting to kind of buy from. The Cleveland, I guess, is another team with Shane Bieber, but he's not as valuable as Blake Snell right now. I don't think people are all that interested in touching Shane Bieber. He just can't throw all that hard. And I think they're looking at Snell, and they're like, he's throwing as hard as he ever has. So he might be um, the guy they're looking for. You want to bring up um, the Angels, who the Padres are playing as we speak, that's a team, A, they're desperate because they're currently fifth in the race for the wild card, right? Because they're probably not going to be able to catch up to Texas or catch up to um, Houston. And if you look at it that way, look, man, uh, all they have to do is leapfrog either the, the Orioles, the Yankees, or the Astros, and big point obviously being they are desperate because Shohei Otani could be leaving in free agency. So they want to make as much of a splash, as many things as they can do. So the Angels might be the team that the Padres really want to look at for sending Blake Snell. And the same thing goes for Michael Waga. He's going to be a little bit less desirable in terms of his overall skills. I think it's not like he's striking out nearly as many people, but he does have a pretty rocking ERA at this point, right? He's been great. Could have been an all-star. Same thing for Snell. And um, he does have a little bit more control. So if you want to... Potentially, he's got a weird like kind of contract. Maybe he opts out. I don't know exactly what's going on with his deal. It was a really weird contract, but there might be some potential extra control there um, for Michael Waka. You'd have to see. But both of those guys are going to hold a whole lot of value, um, I think, at this deadline because I think I really genuinely think that the trade market could run through them. A friend of mine DM'd me saying, you know, what about Seattle potentially for Snell? He's he's apparently vocalized before that he likes Seattle. That would make sense, but Seattle's big thing is not pitching. They're going to be looking for hitting at the trade deadline, right? They're, that's what they're going to be looking for, um, for sure. And I actually think Seattle could make a little bit of a run. They're actually one of my favorite teams in the sport that, in terms of teams that have underperformed, because usually every year, by law of averages, someone gets better. I actually think Seattle's going to make a little bit of a run. But they don't need pitching. What they could use is hitting. And the Padres might have that. And they might have a perfect match for Seattle that you guys aren't going to like. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. But before we do that, a quick water break. And a couple messages from sponsors. And we're back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. This initial, initial splurge vibe that we're going for here. (laughs) You know, this initial thing. That we're doing, uh, reacting to, or I should say, giving my take on the Padres being potential sellers at this year's trade deadline. Just, again, giving an overview. I don't have specific prospects. I'm actually waiting for an, a prospect expert to come on and maybe do some mock trades with me uh, for what could make sense for this team. Uh, because, again, they would be selling and trying to recoup capital, get up some prospects that might be somewhat ready now. And I want to talk about hitting, specifically. The guys that the Padres have, obviously, because of all the contracts that they have, there's a universe in which Jake Cronenworth could have made sense 
still has some control. I think he had like one or two years, pre-extension, of course, where he could have made sense. But the Padres extended him for seven years. He's a utility player. They're not going to do that. Uh, Matt Carpenter, if he had been hitting well, would have been perfect, but he's not hitting well. Nelson Cruz, same thing, right? So they don't really have a lot in that respect. Trent Grisham, I mean, if there's a team out there who's maybe lacking in defense, I could see it, right? Like, I could totally see a team that says, all right, you know what, let's just go, like, similar to Harrison Bader getting moved um, to the Yankees last year, where they said, let's get some good outfield defense, we have too much pitching. Maybe that's what they want. Right, maybe the Marlins because the Marlins have a lot of pitching. Maybe that's something they might be looking into. I don't know for sure. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a little bit hard to say, but that could make sense if people say, you know what, we can fix him. He needs a change of scenery, and he's already an established Gold Glove winning defensive player. So I could totally see Christian being having a little bit of value. The problem is that the Padres, he is valuable to them too because they don't have all that many prospects or immediate replacements. So whether you like it or not, you're kind of just hoping that Grisham can be at least a little bit better offensively. Um, just hopefully. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's kind of what they're hoping for. So I don't really think they want to give up on him because I just don't think that they have a replacement. And I saw what Tatis looked like in center field. If I were them, I wouldn't push it. I wouldn't want to put him in another new position to get used to. I just think that, you know, kind of got to go with what you got at this point. Um, but in terms of fielding, what is it? Outs above average in terms of contenders, the Orioles, if they want to bring in a defender like Grisham, they're 26th in the league and outs above average. Not bad. And like I said, the Marlins, that team makes sense. We did talk in the offseason about Trent Grisham maybe being a match for the Miami Marlins, that maybe you get Pablo Lopez and you get maybe one other tiny little thing. Obviously, Pablo Lopez is gone, but we did talk about sending Grisham there because they don't have a lot of great outfield defense. So that could happen. That could totally happen. That that would be a move that would make sense, especially for this Marlins team that could use, um, even if it's flawed power, maybe they think they could fix them genuinely. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. So I could see that working for the Padres as well. That would make a lot of sense um, for sure. I mentioned Baltimore already, um, you know, just in terms of um, contenders, maybe Philly. Philly's always a team that makes sense. They love having uh, power guys, and Grisham has that in theory, and maybe they can fix him, and more importantly, they have had really bad defense for a few years now, so maybe he can provide some value. But they aren't the spicy ones. You guys know where I'm going with this. <sighs> Let's start first with the one that no one's going to like. But it would be frisky, and it would be inspired, but it would be messed up and really annoying. It would be really annoying to note that we extended Jake Cronenworth and not this guy. And that's Hassan Kim. Now, before you yell at me, I know you're getting mad. I don't want to trade him. I am only talking about possibilities. And in terms of value, with him having one more year under his contract, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, service time, he has two years. I'm pretty sure he has one more, two more years left. So this year and next year. He's got a 2.7 F4. Every year, he's gotten better. His WRC Plus is 114 right now. He's hitting 258 with a 346 on base and 418 slugging. Now, the reason why you might not want to trade Hassan Kim is because of the fact that he's getting better, right? And that you want to keep a player like that. Again, I don't think this is going to happen. I'm just saying that in a vacuum, who would have a lot of value? It's Hassan Kim. He doesn't cost much, and he's on the books for next year. He's a great defensive player. You know what's the perfect fit for him? Seattle. Seattle whiffed big time this offseason when they tried to go and sign Colton Wong, hopefully be great. I mean, they whiffed on him, and Tiasco Hernandez hasn't been great for them either, but I actually think he's going to get better. He's been heating up lately and showing some good signs with not swinging as many bad pitches. But nonetheless, 
Seattle makes a lot of sense. Now, I will say with Seattle that their farm is not what it once was. Um, you know, they used to have like really top level guys, obviously, and some of them graduated. Um, so that's part of this. But there are still some people that could make sense for the Padres if they want to go this direction. They'd be paying a premium. But if you want to get some pitching help, Emerson Hancock is a guy that I've been really high on. And I know some prospect people have been high on for a while. Brian Wu is another one. He's the obvious one that I don't think they're going to give up, though, because he's expected to potentially be ready like next year. Like they don't want to, you know, completely give up on him. But if you wanted to, Emerson Hancock could be a buy low guy that made a lot more waves previously. And you could get him and maybe some other prospects because Seattle, like I said, they just whiffed when it comes to um, uh, what's it called? Their second base situation this offseason. Colton Wong is just a corpse. So if you wanted to be frisky and the Padres do have a history of trading with the Mariners, right? They did that famous trade with Ty France, unfortunately, and Austin Nola. They've, they've done a bunch of deals before. So maybe that could be what direction they want to go. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, that maybe they're sick of seeing J.P. Crawford or, you know, Jose Cabela. Or, oh, who is that? I don't even know who that is. But like I said, I mean, what what is Colton Wong right now? I got to find where he's been. Colton Wong has a 33 WRC plus and a negative one F4. Like he's just totally done. And he usually was like a consistent player. So maybe that's what they want to do. I don't know. Again, I don't know the Seattle kind of vibes as much. Diva Tydane Gonzalez maybe has to come on the show. Maybe I'll pitch this to him, the, the Hassan Kim trade. But again, I'm not saying they should do this because again, you this is still a Padres team that would be aiming still to try win now. You'd be retooling to go back at it next year. And if you're doing that, you probably want to keep a player like Hassan Kim. You probably do. Um, but I'm just, again, do not get mad at me. I'm just proposing things. And if you guys have any ideas, please pitch them below if you have a team that you think makes sense for not just Hassan Kim, but Snell and Waka and Hader and all those guys. I'd love that. The last player, of course, is Juan Soto. Um, Juan Soto, the problem with him is similar to Kim in the sense that if you are still spending so much money on Xander, Tatis, and Manny, and Musgrove, and Darvish, and Cronenworth, all this stuff, blah, 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 you still allegedly and theoretically are going to be trying to compete next year, even if you saw at the deadline. And with the case of Soto, you didn't just find this guy somewhere, and you didn't even just sign him in the, as a free agent or anything like that. You gave up so much of your farm. So trading Juan Soto now would basically be like recouping like 50% of what you already gave up for him because now he would have the rest of this year and one more year of control. That's still highly valuable, but it means, again, you're not going to be able to, you can't do, a, I've joked about this before, but like a, a take back seize with the Nationals where it's like, all right, give us Gore, Abrams, Hassel, Wood, and Susana and all those guys. Give them all back to us. Give us the capital back and we'll give you Soto back. That's not going to happen, right? But look, again, if the Padres really want to say, you know what? We still believe in Manny. He'll be better next year. We still believe in Xander. And of course, we believe in Tatis. Getting rid of Juan Soto and getting a bunch of ammo back is not the craziest thing in the world. But more importantly, it wouldn't be the dumbest thing in the world. Like, it's not... If someone tells me, if someone responds to this podcast and saying, I really do think they should trade Soto, I actually... We're at the point where that actually isn't the craziest idea ever. I don't think they necessarily should because he's still so friggin' valuable. He's still a friggin' beast. I mean, I don't need to tell you guys the numbers. He's been awesome for this team. I mentioned that Nelson Cruz has the second best batting average runners in scoring position. Soto's right behind him at third. It's after that that everything takes a dip. So, look, you could get a mammoth deal 
and Preller is a madman and is totally, totally down, especially if there's a lot of pressure given how disappointing the team has been to kind of, you know, reset. But man, that would be brutal. I think it won't happen basically purely because of the optics of it. Truly. I think that because of the optics of trading your future for Juan Soto, not being able to extend him and extending uh, Machado and Darvish and Cronenworth and signing Xander, then to give up on that just a year later, I just think the optics of it is like, at this point, we just need to, like, that's like a fireable offense to even be in a position where you have to consider that is where I think there'll be. So I don't think uh, Soto will be on the move, but certainly if things are bad, all I'm telling people listening to this podcast is it's not the craziest thing in the world. And remember, before you yell at me, I was one of those people last year who said I did not think the team needed to trade for Soto. I thought you could keep all those assets and use them a little bit differently. Um, And I definitely didn't think they needed to sign Xander. So I'm just saying this team has stars. So if you're worried about losing the star in Soto, remember that you have Tatis, Manny, and Xander theoretically. That stars, star acquisitions shouldn't necessarily be where you're at right now. It should be about building around the edges. And I think that we've seen that bite them so much this year. So that's just me. Again, these are just ideas. I think that they're fits. I, I, Soto is a fit on literally every team in baseball. So that's why I didn't name specific teams. Hassan Kim, he's getting better. Again, that's why they might not want to give him up. But if you're frisky and want to really recoup a lot, I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I guarantee you, you could get infinitely more for just Hassan Kim than all those pitchers like combined. I, I really, really do. I think that teams would love this guy. And I think he'd be great. And Seattle, I'm sure, would love him. You know what I mean? I think they would really love him. So, again, I'm not saying they should. I really prefer them not. Hassan Kim gives me, like, the ultimate good vibes. Like, one of the players I love watching every day. He's so, so fun. So happy. So uppity. He's just great. Love him so much. He was clutching Sunday's game when he hit that home run to make it 4-3 and then Tatis tied it. I do not want to do that. I'm just talking about, if you hear rumors in the coming weeks, you heard it here first. You know what I mean? You heard it here first, folks. Your boy said this guy has a crap ton of value and the Padres need to reset. That's all I'm saying. And this is just a preliminary. We're going to, of course, talk more about the trade deadline as the week's you know, transpire. It's going to be a lot of talk because it's going to depend on how the Padres do. So I'm looking forward to that. But those are all my thoughts, guys. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter as well. Uh, until Twitter maybe explodes, whatever. Until the meantime, you know, check me out there. Lockdown Padres on YouTube, trying to cack, crack a thousand cack, crack a thousand subscribers. And until next time, stay safe and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.